Today, we discuss Miro. Listen, when it comes to running client workshops, the dream, of course, is to get those creative juices flowing, right? But typically what ends up happening is thousands of hours get wasted because of poorly facilitated meetings. So I have Maya with me today. She's a consultant who runs Fortune 100 workshops from leadership training to team building, and she has the insider tip on what makes things work. Maya? Thank you, Jason. I've been doing this a long time. My number one tip is to bring everyone into that visual collaboration platform. So personally, I use Miro and it's completely changed how I interact with the room. You have to give people a way to feel like they're in the room even when they're not. That's something you can do easily in Miro. Otherwise, they've seen the same slides and format a thousand times. Falling asleep, eyes glazing over, yawns, all that. Exactly. When people follow me on the Miro board, everyone is literally going on a journey with me. We're adding thoughts, we're reacting, and we're voting for the best ideas. It's great. Connective magic. I like it. That's M. M-I-R-O.com. Hey, what's up, friends? This is Noah, the podcast producer for the New Evangelicals podcast. I am currently in the process of editing this episode down. There's heavy metal music blasting in the background. Uh, Tim and Mason are rocking out in the other room. And we had a couple little audio glitches in this one. So I just wanted to give you a heads up. I did the best I could to fix those. We recorded this episode right after we got to our Airbnb after the last day of Theology Beer Camp. We were all tired, we were hungry, and we weren't paying attention to GarageBand. So I did the best I could. I hope you enjoy it, and we'll talk to you soon. Welcome, everyone, to the New Evangelicals Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Whitaker, joined here with Noah, our podcast producer and special guest, Mason. I forgot how to pronounce your last name. Meninga. <laughs> Twitter extraordinaire. Twitter legend. <laughs> Veggie tail rapping. Sword drill getting suspended. Well, Mason. It's great to have you, does, Mason. Does, I'm, I'm excited to be on here. Does Elon Musk know you personally? <laughs> He's got, he better he better now that he bought Twitter. So. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Get to know me. So, all right, friends. Um, thank you for tuning in. Now, usually on Mondays, we have a special guest. And actually, it kind of works out because Mason can be our guest, right? our yeah, guest yeah. on the podcast. This um, is a legit episode. Man. I think it is. But we're not going to go an hour because, frankly, I'm too exhausted. Um, but we did want to – Noah and I have been doing this segment, Homeschoolers Go to Beer Camp. We started Wednesday night about our you know concerns internally and – the imposter syndrome that we were both right, feeling. Yeah. Like, what did we do to deserve hanging out with Pete Enns and <laughs> Diana Butler-Bass and Adam Clark? Uh, and then we did like an update episode um, on, was it Friday night? It Probably. was. That we posted yeah. Saturday. Were you complaining about how there wasn't enough coffee? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, and Domino's. So, yeah. So, listen to this. This is actually ridiculous. We posted, we posted the episode about that on Saturday morning. And I said that right. my only complaint of Trip Fuller, if you're out there, is that there's just not enough coffee at this beer camp. <laughs> Trip woke up at 6 o'clock in the morning. He said he was he was going to the bathroom or something and couldn't sleep. Okay. He put on our podcast, oh, no. heard my complaint, and then he bought a <laughs> bunch of extra coffee and then texted me at 8 o'clock in the morning saying there's plenty of coffee, which now there was. So wow. thank you, Trip, for holding yourself accountable and for and for helping out and, and providing such stellar I, coffee. I think at, this- at least there's one Christian man that's being held accountable. <laughs> I I was just going to say, I think this is proof that this podcast is important work. Yes. Yes. We are influencing people. More coffee to the masses. (laughs) All right. So let's get right into this. So I want to kind of, I want to get both Mason and Noah's, some of your early thoughts. I know that there's a lot to process. So we just got done with Beer Camp, which actually was all of our first time attending uh, and being part of it. 
I I'm trying to process the relational side of that, uh-huh. the theological side of beer camp, and just the the physical space side of being with people. Right. But um, I know I know you have a lot to say, but I want to start with Mason first, just to get your thoughts. So Mason, like for you being a part of beer camp, hanging out with people that many of which you have already known, um, some maybe you haven't. What are some of your just early you know debriefing thoughts on on beer camp for you this this uh, this year? I think it really truly lives into its name as a camp. I mean, the kind of relationships that some of us uh, developed when we were at summer camp back in the day when we were little tykes running around the countryside really does feel as if it's that kind of camp-like experience where you develop these really great relationships. And we've talked a little bit about how last night, you know, the last kind of event of Theology Beer Camp, and we're all saying our goodbyes. It really felt like saying your goodbyes when you would end camp and you're trading email addresses or MSN addresses or back, you know, back in the day, your your, uh, MySpace accounts or whatever it was. Uh, And it really felt like that kind of of vibe. And Mm. so I think the camp really truly uh, lives into its name as a camp and um, yeah I, you know, I haven't had a lot of those camp like experiences since being in that camp right world. right and so to be able to have that type of thing again in a community where I feel you know fully accepted and the, you know feel like I, I'm, I'm able to be a part of it uh, is just really exciting so uh, that's one of the things that I took away it was like the best youth group retreat Without, you know, like throwing your sins into the campfire or something yeah. like that, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, it was, I mean, I agree with that assessment. In fact, I think we, we kind of talked about that on Wednesday yeah, night, maybe, yeah. about this like camp experience of, is it going to be on the last day of Raw? Like, keep in touch. I love you so much. You're my new bro. <laughs> but I will say, one thing that was interesting was like being with people who are in some of those academic circles and like we're bunking sure. with them. Right. Like yeah. uh, Andrew, for example, yeah. you know, who's writing a book on Kierkegaard. Uh, was I he able to actually fit into his bunk? No. Because he's he's tall. I'm six four. He's six seven, and his feet are hanging off the edge. But just even like being there at night with him talking, it right. was it was very cool to be around people who were in that circle doing important work, but just also very accessible. Absolutely. And like interested in actually having those discussions. So that was yeah. very cool for me. I, I enjoyed that a lot. Absolutely. And I mean, we talked about this before, like the weird social anxiety of like, oh my gosh, I haven't been in a room full of people like this yeah. in so long. Like what's that going to be like? I'm right. not sure I even have the social skills for that anymore. Right. And I was just so blown away by how amazing everybody was this week. You know, I totally. like you know, we make the joke about like exchanging a bunch of phone numbers or whatever, but like I legitimately feel like I made some really awesome friendships this week. Yeah. And I had some some of the deepest conversations with people that I just met that I've probably had with anyone in years. One of the things so that, that I, really one exciting. of the things that I realized talking to a few again, like uh, Aaron Simmons and, yeah, and stuff yeah. like that, was that it seems like Again, this is this is Tripp's first time really combining the podcast world with his academic world, and it seems sure. like a lot of the academics were actually really happy to have people who were like <laughs> um, not in that world who were doing the podcast work, and a lot of them told me this is. Uh, one person said, "You know, the work you guys do is really important." And I'm like, "Well." Thank you, but also the work you do is important. However, it does seem like there is a handshake that needs to happen between mm. that between that academic side of folks who are doing really. I mean, Aaron Simmons' uh, keynote session was like really helpful for me. It was amazing, but also like that has to get out to people who 
are are trying to find better paths forward in the Christian tradition, but maybe don't know who Aaron is. Right. So I, that was kind of eye opening on my end of just like, huh, this podcast world and this academic world actually can work really well together to hopefully help people who are really trying to find better paths in the Christian tradition. Yeah. Um, by being that like vehicle to which information comes through. Right. Yeah. And adding that human component too of just like we're actually in the same physical space together, yeah. doing this together yeah. was so cool because for so many of us, we've been experiencing this kind of disentanglement. I love the way you use that language. I, I don't really care for the term deconstruction, yeah. but this kind of renegotiating of mm. this tradition that we've been given and we've been doing it mostly online for the past couple years. Right. And a lot of the people in this room, you know, for me were some of those people I feel like I've been doing it alongside mm-hmm. because I've been hearing their voice in my headphones for, you know, months and months yeah, and months. Right. But being able to actually get in a room with a whole bunch of people that share so many aspects of this story of this experience yeah. and to be able to just do that together for just a moment. Yeah. was such a hopeful experience for me and it brought it outside of just like an intellectual crisis and Mm -hmm. more into this like communal experience yeah and that was so refreshing it for me personally like it makes me want to go back home and really prioritize finding ways to do that locally more with my community because I realized how valuable that was and I don't think I've experienced that for years you know since I left the evangelical church space yeah Mason for you you know you're kind of I feel like you have really a foot in each door you have your master's, uh, you have two master's actually, and but yet you're also like, you know, you and I talk about um, hardcore bands and, you know, we make a lot of uh, jokes and stuff. And so I feel like you're kind of one of those rare blends of like, yeah, I understand both worlds. For you, how do you think about beer camp and that connection between the podcast world and the academic world and like how beer camp might have kind of brought those two things together? Yeah, I think one of the most beautiful things that has happened this weekend is the fact that a podcaster or content creator and an academic and somebody who is, let's say, an accountant or a stay-at-home dad are all eating lunch together (laughs) having a conversation about theology. There's very few spaces in the world where that happens, and and certainly happens very few that happen in person. And so I think that's one of the really cool things that Tripp is able to do is bring bring all these people that he knows to come come together and have these great conversations around activism, theology, philosophy, all of these... all of these wonderful things and to have three different types of people who are doing yeah. very different things and engage theology yeah. very differently. Totally. Whether you're just a, you know, the, the theologian who is just listening to theology podcasts all day because you're running around taking care of kids or whether right. you're the theology podcaster or whether you're the theology writer because you work at a seminary or a college like you're bringing all those different types of people together but all interested in theology there's not too many spaces like that and i think that's one of the beautiful things about you unpack hold on unpack that a little bit more the way that you phrased that i thought was awesome of like like the person doing theology who has who's a stay-at-home mom and the person doing theology who's the professor are you like unpack that are you saying that that everyone in a way like in this space might be doing theology even if it expresses itself very differently Right. Uh, in fact, you could watch uh, maybe one of my new YouTube videos oh, about that very there's topic. there's the vlog. Let's do it. I'm in. <laughs> Shamelessly. I love it. Uh, yeah, I do think all of us are theologians. Some of us uh, might be even atheists, and I still think 
that that person has thoughts about God yeah. and, mm-hmm. and the world and has these thoughts about what ultimately happens to human life. What's the point of life, right? We right. all have those questions, regardless if we're an atheist, theist, or whatever. Right. And so whether you're a stay-at-home mom, whether you're a professional theologian working for a seminary, or whether you're somebody who's just making YouTube videos like a schmuck like me, yeah. all of us are theologians. And so I think engaging in those conversations is really, really important. And yeah, again, I think the beauty of Theology Beer Camp is all three of those different types of people, both all of whom are theologians, but they're doing theology in very different capacities, and all three of them are having lunch together at yeah. a place like the- Theology Beer Camp. And in all of our different various experiences and walks of life, it mm. felt like we had radically more in common than we mm-hmm. didn't, mm-hmm. which was such a cool thing to feel. Well, it's interesting that you say that, Mason, because I'm mean, just to be like kind of honest and transparent. I think, and I still, I think I still have these moments. It's less and less, but when I first started even this work, I I did feel like, man, I just don't feel qualified to even try and facilitate the conversation, let alone lend my thoughts on a certain topic. And I think there's a a, um, a good awareness to have of someone who maybe isn't academically trained just to be careful with how you present things, right? Because uh, I think in my evangelical world, I, I've met many people who become like uh, new gatekeeper theologians <laughs> with absolutely no foundation. Um, at the same time, though, you're right when, if theology is a conversation or the study of God, um, how we think about that in our own context and moments um, will look different depending on, 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 what we, on what we do and where our location is. So, you know, the, the stay-at-home mom or dad who might feel that they're not a theologian is actually really thinking about God and encountering God probably in very radically different ways through their, their parenting than maybe someone like Pete Enns is, uh, who's on a more academic level thinking about, you know, the text of Jeremiah and, like, you know, how we interpret it, so to speak. So that's, I think that, that that's a very good point that you bring up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's just really incredibly important for all of us to understand that we're all theologians. Now, again, at different capacities, as you bring up. Yeah. Uh, we are all theologians at the end of the day because we have these questions, we have these thoughts about the ultimate things that are happening in the world. Uh, and so, yeah, I think that's really important for all of us to recognize that. I really appreciate, you made, you made another good point earlier too about how Trip is able to kind of do this, Trip 4. And it, it's honestly very strange that I only met him Really, like our one year friendship is is only a few weeks ago, I think, and I've, I've it just feels like I've he just he's a very approachable person, and the reality is, and hopefully Trip's not listening, so his head doesn't get too big, but you know Trip is quite brilliant, and and really, I mean, it's evident that he is incredibly well read, incredibly well thought. Yet, like you would never, he never comes across as someone who's unapproachable. And I appreciate his irreverent sense of of style. Like when he dropped the f bomb in his benediction on on <laughs> on, on, on uh, Saturday night. Um, I appreciate that. I think in a lot of ways, beer camp reflects the heart of Trip, which is like, yes, we should take this stuff seriously. Yes, we should think about it in really heady terms. Also, can we just be damn humans and drink beer and have a good time and do some karaoke and be undignified? I really appreciate that about Trip. I think that's the youth pastor in Trip, right? He was a youth pastor for all these years. And in a space like this, you can see the youth pastor trip come out. Yes. And uh, yeah, sometimes I think for the more formal academics, that's a little bit more uncomfortable when you have this kind of youth group type of energy going on. Right. But I actually really appreciate it because it's able to disarm 
the theologians that might think that this is supposed to be some sort of formal academic type of sure. event. <laughs> and it's able to include those of us who are not necessarily academic theologians. You right. know, the accountants, the stay-at-home moms of the world can feel like, oh, because there's a certain type of energy that isn't the formal academic en- energy, that that kind of person is able to be a part of that that group and that event right. and feel like they belong there. Well, I, I, I will not confirm nor deny that there might be a video of you, myself, and Trip uh, singing and screaming uh, Jesus Freak on karaoke because we lost a competition with Trip, you, me, and uh, Trey Pearson. But I think if that video was to exist, not saying, of course, that it does or that that, or that, that ever happened. Allegedly. Uh, oh, yeah, all allegedly. But if that did happen, I think that would be a good example you know, of, of, of Tripp's, um, you know, willingness to become youth group pastor Trip, and then to actually have Pete Enns do karaoke after, again, in this mm-hmm. alleged scenario, I think is a great example of that disarming of, yeah, this is not your typical academic uh, summit. We're going to have some fun. We're going to let our hair down and also engage in deep, rich conversations. If that ever did happen, hopefully it's Toby Mac approved. Yeah, I, I, can, <laughs> I can only pray and hope, you know, uh, Lord willing. Right. Well, and Mason, I'm curious from your perspective with this conversation, as someone that kind of engages in all three of those different categories of of theological expression, what do you think are some of the ways that it looks like for us to carry that back home into our daily lives? Like, give us the um, stereotypical sermon application since we're in youth group mode. (laughs) Give us the three points. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, there was so much. That we learned this weekend, right? And there's so many different types of people who are at this event learning all sorts of different things. Uh, And so certainly there's lots of different practical applications. You know, for me and my, what I'm able to do, right? I'm I'm a podcaster, I'm a YouTuber. What I would like to continue to bring home is that this work is certainly important. I had countless people uh, tell me, you know, thank you so much for the kind of conversations you have. And so that to me reinforces when I go back home, reinforces this work is still very important. Um, You know, there's times where this is tough work. Uh, There's times where there's bad days, but nonetheless, this work is really important. And so that's one of the things that I would like to, to take back home, you know, with being someone who creates content in the world in this kind of field uh, of work. And so, yeah, that's probably what I would take back home is that this work really matters to a lot of people and they really care about what we're up it, to. I, I got I mean, Mason, again, I'm not sure how you feel about this. And no, I, I'm going to say this for you too, because you had some people reach out to you and were like, are you Noah from the podcast? And it's like, wow. Um, It is a very bizarre, very humbling thing to have people come up to you and say, hey, like your words have impacted me. Your podcast has been a lifeline. Your your work has been, you know, just life giving to me. And I don't know, like that just really hits me in a very strange way. Uh, It's a sense of of complete humility of like, wow, thank you. Also a a very, for me, just a a weird thing of like, I did not intend to be in this position uh, a year and a half ago when I launched the Instagram account. But also, like you said, it's a great sense of responsibility just to do my best um, in, in this role that I have somehow stumbled into just to be that facilitator, right? Instead of like that influencer. Cause I think yeah. that we talked about this a lot today, Mason, you know, this, this influencer culture, it can be really tricky. Like you can, you can become something that you never intended to become. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, um, you think that you just have all the answers because you have this following. 
Uh, but the facilitation of the dialogue is just so much more important. So, I mean, I'm open really to both of you. Maybe we'll start with you, Noah. You know, how, how that feels for you realizing that people are maybe starting to actually hear what you have to say and go, I actually like this. This is influencing me. This is helping me. You know, it's, yeah. it's interesting. Well, you know, when, when you first started asking me to pick up a microphone and, and not just edit the podcast, but actually be a part of some of these conversations, it was incredibly intimidating to me for a lot of reasons. Mm. Uh, one of them just because I felt like I don't really have anything. Again, I'm just an uneducated homeschooler here just that likes to read a lot of books in yeah, my right. free time. Right. I don't feel like I have anything worth saying that somebody should be like, you should take time out of your day and listen to me talk. Yes. Like, why the hell would anybody want to do that? I'm <laughs> right. 23 years old. Right. I know nothing. Right. Um, and I think what I learned from just having conversations with people in the community this week is mm. that particularly with, with, you know, like my input into the podcast, it's not so much about expertise as it is that feeling of like we're all engaging in this communal conversation together yes and for a lot of us including me like I don't get to have this conversation every day with people in my local community and so when I'm listening to people on a podcast have it and I'm kind of sharing that moment with them mm. it, it helps me process the information better it just helps me think through things yeah. a little more clearer yeah and so I'm I'm really grateful that some people find these conversations helpful, you know, yeah. and, and really more than anything, it just inspired me to, I've said this before, but like just press harder into my local community and mm -hmm. like create more of these conversations yeah. off the mic. Like, yeah. let's just go after and look for those people in the local community that we can start doing this thing with, you know, in, in real time together. That's the sound of me prepping the grill with Reynolds wrap and the sound of me not doing dishes. And the sound of me spending more time outside with my family. Easy prep, cook, and clean. Make time with Reynolds Wrap. I like the sound of that. Shopping these days can be underwhelming, but at QVC, we believe those who love to shop deserve a living, breathing way to shop, where product descriptions are alive with demos by creators, chats with inventors, and hosts who know the most. From self-care and kitchenware to fashion trends and forever faves, at QVC, we bring life to products and products to life. Shop qvc.com podcast and use code QVC15podcast for $15 off $30 for new customers. This is shopping brought to life. Yeah, I think a lot of the work that you and I do in particular, Noah, I think it helps people feel seen. You know, I think that we're saying on a microphone right. what many people might be thinking. Sure. Um, and they're like, oh my God, like, thank you. I thought about that too. And then we're like, yeah, we don't know. So let's have, you know, right, someone yeah. else on to answer that Pete question. Right. Somebody, yeah, whoever yeah. the hell it is. So I think or Mason. that's right. Or Mason. I think that's really important. But Mason, for you, you know, you're coming more from the academic side where like you, um, I think that that while certainly we can we do make content that might be um, educational in some way, but your background I think lends itself more naturally towards an educational you know um, content. So for you, actually saying things that might actually influence someone and how they how they start thinking about God, um, like what what kind of what does that invoke for you when when you think mm -hmm. about it like that? Yeah, I coming from that academic background, one of the things that I'm really passionate about is taking what I'm learning in the academy yeah. and then talking about it in ways that make sense to, again, that's that accountant or stay-at-home mom. Right. Right. That yeah. really is something that matters to me. Uh, and we already brought up how Tripp used to be a youth pastor. I used to be a youth pastor, and that was one of the things I was really passionate about. I was a youth pastor while I was also going to seminary, and I'd be learning... Uh, 
from theologians like James Cone or Catherine Keller. Uh, meanwhile, yeah. I would go on a Sunday and I just found out that one of my youth had their first breakup or whatever. Now it's like, okay, what am I learning from seminary that's going to be helpful <laughs> to speak life right. into this kid? Yeah. Right? right. And, that, and that was one of those things of how do I take what I'm learning theologically and then actually practice that in my relationship yeah. to a 13 year old kid who just went through their first breakup, right? That kind of thing. Yeah. And that was, that's one of the things I'm really passionate about that is to take what I'm learning in the world and then talk about it, have conversations with people in ways that not only make sense to the average person that might not necessarily have an academic theological training background, but also in ways that they're able to accessibly get access to that, right? One of the biggest uh, issues that I see oftentimes is I have all this access to all these, this great theology because there's a theological library I can just pick a book a book from, mm, yeah. but right. not everybody has that access. They either have to buy that book or they have to somehow access some sort of uh, essay on an online source that they don't right. have access to because they're <laughs> right. not a student, right? Like there's all of that. Uh, there, there's so much inaccessibility to mm. all this great theology. And I think something like a podcast or a YouTube channel or a TikTok or whatever it might be, those are really accessible ways for people to learn all this incredible th uh, theology. And and yes. so not only are we talking about it in ways that make sense to a lot of people, but they're able to actually access that media in a way that uh, is very accessible, whereas it'd be really difficult for them. Uh, and it's much easier to gatekeep theology when yeah. only a certain, you know, sem some seminarians are able to access that th theology. Right. And I think, too, when you do that, and I think a trip, trip is the one who uses the language of, like, taking the theology down from the ivory tower and putting it in the hands of the people. When mm -hmm. you... Yeah. When you take all of the complicated academic jargon and then you um, convert that into something that is digestible for an average person like me, it makes it easier for me to then find application of that in my life when it's simplified down into something that is like real and tangible and like I can, this motivates me to love better in my life, you know, the, my enemy, my neighbor, my friend, you know. And I think that that's part of what makes this so important and part of my takeaway from this whole weekend with combining all of those people in one room together and experiencing that in real time. Mm -hmm. One of the things, it's sort of uh, tangential to all of this conversation, but we've mentioned uh, a few times like the average person or the yes. accountant. That yeah, yeah. One, of, one of the things I just want to mention around that is um, we, we often talk about that in a way as if like those of us who are podcasters or academic theologians are somehow above average or something. Right. right? But yeah. one of the things I think that's great about Theology Beer Camp is when you have lunch with someone like Pete Enns or Diana Butler Bass, you realize they're just average right. ass people too. Yes. <laughs> and, and in a, yes. a different sort of way, huh? Oh, yeah, in a different sort of way, like they're learning something about the human experience from us, you know? Like we're yes. all doing this in community and we're all adding value to the conversation, well, I was, I was, whether we have a fucking degree or not. Yeah, you know? I was going to bring that up that like, you know, I... I'll use me as an example because it's easiest. You know, I'll 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 think about listening to Pete Enns' podcast with Jared. Right? I'm like, sure. oh my god, it's Pete Enns. It's amazing. Or I, I I see Diana Butler Bass has the blue checkmark next to her Twitter account. Or I read Adam Clark. I'm like, oh my god. And then you meet them. You're like, oh my god, they're just normal freaking people who want to be treated like a normal human being. And also, they do have an expertise in some unique ways that are beneficial. But they they 
there is not this ivory tower mentality. Sure. And I think part of that is because the way Trip designed Beer Camp, what well, he literally said, he's like, part of the the stipulation was you cannot just come and speak. You have to say for the whole two and a half days, right? Right. And yeah. so it automatically puts people in positions where they have a lot of downtime because not yeah. everyone's speaking the whole time. Um, and all of a sudden, you just walk into you know Diana Butler Bass, uh, you know, in the in the one room who's just sitting there, and and yeah, let's just chat. Or you're talking to Tom Ord, you know, who's who's done some amazing work, and he's like, oh, I would love to talk more about this idea or things that maybe aren't even re- you know religious in nature. Maybe we could just talk about sports. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. So I I that was very helpful, I think, for me, just to realize that you know um, that maybe this this concept of, of them not being accessible is more in my head than the actual reality that 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 they are espousing because they're completely accessible they're completely kind and reality is I should know that because whenever I email any of them for anything they're they always respond like I sure, get yeah. to have anyone be like sorry Tim I'm too busy to talk to you sorry in ivory tower you know come back on Friday that's just like not the perspective it's always like oh that would be great we'd love to come on the show we'd love to explain this idea we'd love to talk to you so I think we make this and I'm kind of processing this out loud, but maybe this is still some evangelical gunk that I have to get rid of, of, of making people that I look up to celebrities, right? Sure. And then saying, oh, well, they must not want to talk to me because they're inaccessible. When in reality, I'm putting that label on them. They're like, why would you do that? You know, I right. poop just like you. It's like, <laughs> right, my bad, Pete. I'm sorry. You're right. Like, yeah, you have bad taste in music, unlike me. But, you know... <laughs> You know what I mean, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that's that was a, a very big revelation, I think, for me this this weekend of like these are just really normal people, like all of us, who have their own problems, who have their own struggles, who are just thinking about things in ways that are very helpful, but also, like you said, no, to your point, many asked me, I'm sure maybe you, Mason, of like, yes, like, how's this podcast thing working out for you? I mean, Adam Clark's like, I would love to pick your brain, Tim. I'm like, how you podcast? You know, it's like, me, Adam Clark? Like, okay. So, Trip Fuller, we all know, cannot, um, you know, he cannot let us know how many microphone cables we need sometimes, right? Trip, if you're listening. Um, But the point is just... You just just called him out in two podcasts in a (laughs) row. You're not getting invited back next year. You're right, Trip. I'm so sorry. Trip, I don't endorse any of this. Please (laughs) let me come back next year. I'm just saying, we all have different gifts and abilities, okay? That's all I'm trying to say. (laughs) Should we edit that part out? No, I'm not sure. We'll think about that. (laughs) I'm not going to. Okay, fair enough. Um, Okay, so we're we're talking for about a half hour. I want to start kind of landing the plane because we are, I know we're all tired and there's still so much for us to unpack. Sure. Because we're only about, what, 24 hours post. Um, So I think like one of the last things I thought about for me about just reflecting on beer camp was also meeting people that just do amazing work that I would never know that they do such amazing work. Yeah. And I'm thinking about, about Adam Green in particular. Yes. Right? Can we talk about Adam for a Let's second? Do it. So Adam created the Bibliotheca. Is that, did I say it correctly? Is that right? Okay, thank I've been you. pronouncing it wrong this whole time then. <laughs> well, you also say hammock weird. It's a hammock. No, it's, it's not. It's not a hammock. We're gonna, I will die on We're going to poll people on this. It is not Please a hammock. Do. It's a hammock. I had this, okay, so... One of the things I've noticed is the people who actually use hammocks say hammock. The people who don't often use hammocks say hammock. Uh, I don't think there's any one right way to say it. Of course not, I'm just saying. It's like people from Oregon actually pronounce it Oregon, and those of us who lived outside of Oregon, at least for me in South Dakota, we pronounce it Oregon. I thought it was oregano. (laughs) That's No, but to to in my defense, in everyone's defense, 
I had this debate in high school. We looked it up in the dictionary. They're actually both technically correct pronunciations. So I don't let this both truth in. does not exist. Uh, yeah, I need either or here. Um, all right, whatever. We can just move on from that conversation. Um, I lost my train of thought. Where were we going with that? You want to we land landing a plane. the plane? Yeah, I know. But we're, we're, I, I had a thought with this. Well, maybe we should talk about uh, some oh, other. Oh, Adam way. Green. Adam Green. Sorry, that's it. Biblio, Bibliotheca. Sure. Okay. So, so Adam Green created this amazing way of reading the Bible. Yeah. Um, and we're gonna have him on the podcast Absolutely. for we sure. Have to. So I. I meet him not even knowing the work he's done. Right. And again, just like another dude, like just completely unassuming. And then it turns out he's awesome. And we talked the whole weekend. And then he drove us to our Airbnb that we're recording this in. We're probably going to see him tomorrow for lunch. So it was very cool meeting people, even folks who work behind the scenes in publishing or in other things that have shaped me as a Christian. Absolutely. Without even knowing that they were going to be there. So I really enjoyed that for sure. Yeah. And the last thing I'll say, then I'll give over to you guys, is I really enjoyed meeting people from our community. I have to be honest about that. It was very cool to be like, oh, um, yeah, I'm from TNE's Facebook group or Instagram. It's like, that is so cool. And like, I had met a couple people where like they would give me their name and then it would click. I'm like, we've been chatting in the Facebook group for months. Well, that's, you know, like I already know you. You have a face. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Well, in in my world, it's all DMs. So I started asking people, "Um, so what's your your username on Instagram? (laughs) Oh, yeah, of course I. I know you all I see what is their little world? all I see is their little thumbnail like their name. There was I met one of my favorite highlights of meeting people was I met two girls. I think one of their names is Danielle. I'm forgetting the other ones. I'm so sorry for listening. Forgive me. Um, but we actually ended up hanging out for like two hours. We walked yeah. uh, down the, the city strip, and it was just so cool to hear about their story and know that they were from TNE. Anyway, I just really enjoyed meeting people, which is why we have some other events that are coming up. We're not going to announce yet because the announcement's coming 1130 today if you're listening, or it's ready out by now. So go to our website and find – or our Instagram. But – I agree, Noah, that like more community events is necessary, especially Absolutely. as the pandemic becomes more manageable. So that is definitely, you know, on and yeah. I think on um it's in the future for us at some point. Absolutely that. All right. Final thoughts for you guys on Beer Camp. Any final observations that you want to put on the microphone to the internets? Noah. No pun intended, but I'm kind of all tapped out right now. Nice. Yeah, okay. I like that. uh, I had some great real moonshine. So if the authorities are listening, I just want you to know I have consumed real moonshine. And I'm just wanting to rub it in your face right now. By the way, I, I, I took a whiff of that moonshine. Wow, that was smelling salt level. That would wake you up out of a deep sleep, deep sleep. Okay, last little shout out to Josh Patterson who brewed oh, all yes. the beer for this weekend. And yes. the first thing that I tasted was, well, right now you're both drinking a, uh, what is it, the Process Party. Yeah. IP, what? I, it's not an IPA, it's like an IPL. Okay. That's Apparently it doesn't is. exist. It's like a Frankenstein of beers. Well, it's really I don't, good. I don't understand craft I'm beer. Enjoying, I'm but enjoying the, it. the first thing that I tasted this week was a brew that was, what is it, Watermelon Sour that had actual Sour Patch Kids that candy in it. That was great. And... My yes. God, I'm, I'm not even really a big like beer aficionado, so I don't know what good is or bad is. Right. But all I know is that when you eat like a piece of sour candy and you mm. get that like back of your tongue like tingling that just lingers for like yes. 20 seconds, yes, I got that with this beer. It had that like it was just delicious. It so, was candy in liquid form. A massive shout out to Josh, who actually he asked me before I came, he goes, Do you like beer? I said, I gotta be honest, Josh. Not a big beer aficionado. Right. I like sours, though. He goes, don't worry, I got you. He made that for me. Are you me. serious? He brought me the four-pack with my name on a sticky note <laughs> saying for Tim Whitaker only. And, of course, being the generous 
new evangelical that I am. I, of Absolutely. course, shared it. Or I shared it with you had some. Mason had some. I gave some to uh, Trey Pearson's fiance. We we split we split um you know a can of it. And there I will go. say it was unbelievably good. It was made. I think you said it was two hundred and fifty pounds of watermelon sour patch kids <laughs> went into to the brew, which it pretty much was like I w- just a straight. I want to know what the ratio was. Uh, like how had, much beer did you get out of that? It had to be like 0.1% percent oh alcohol, and like the rest just sugar. But I yes, thank you, Noah. A major shout out to Josh for for bringing all the beer, and of course to Trip. I mean, Trip put it all together. It was great to meet him finally in person. Great to work with him. Great to do everything. So, I, to wrap this up, you're good, right, Mason? Nothing else you want to add? Perfect. To wrap this up, everyone, I really appreciate you. First off, hanging out with us for the weekend via podcast, and I will say, um, I'm gonna say it's safe to assume beer camp's gonna happen again. I really recommend um, making time. A lot of people came by themselves and met friends for the entire weekend. Yeah, so no yeah. one was left out. No one was left alone. But it was really great, Noah and Mason, you know, hanging out with you guys and the others. And I hope that uh, that folks um, take these uh, ideas of being a theologian, uh, no matter where they are, to heart. Because yeah. um, it's important work. Yeah. So. Well, and Mason, where can people find your work, too? Uh, good. Let's Thank you, Let's do Noah. the, the plug yes. thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I am pretty active on Twitter and Instagram, at Mason Meninga. And uh, you can find me there. I also have a podcast called The People's Theology. So if you're also interested in exploring different kinds of theologies, you can find that wherever you listen to podcasts. Awesome. And I also have a YouTube channel where I explore lots of different uh, theologies as well. So you can check that out. Just type in my name and you'll find me. Noah, do you mind putting that in the show notes? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much. All right, friends. What? Anything else? You good? Well, just a reminder to check our uh, social media today when this comes out because yes. a huge announcement. Yes. Crazy excited uh, about. It's like one thing to the next. Yep. I'm yeah, pumped. Yeah. All right, cool. All right, friends. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Talk to you later. See ya. Jake Knapp is the inventor of the design sprint and the New York Times bestselling author of the book Sprint. He's also the co-founder of Character, a venture fund for early stage startups. How and why did you start using Miro? I came from this position of thinking, I don't want to be doing stuff online to thinking now when I do a sprint in person with a company, it's like, we're going to use Miro, even though we're all in the same room, because that's a better way for us to get this work done. As an investor, we're basically investing in their ability to solve problems. We're saying, we think this group of people is going to be able to solve a problem in a really great way and create value by doing it. And actually, you need to give people the tools that can help them make decisions, help them collaborate, help them visualize and see things in a different way. And Miro does all those things. So to me, at least as an investor, I'm thinking, give the team the tools that are going to help them think, that are going to make the most, brighten their their skills as smart folks. And Miro is at the top of that list for me.